All right. This is super awesome. I am here with Triple M, Triple Threat, Mary Margaret McMahon, who is our member of Provincial Parliament for Beaches, East York. And um, the drink of choice today is from T-Squared, and it is lavender rooibos. And, you know, this is delicious, calming, and soothing red bush tea loaded with antioxidants and minerals. What do you think? How, how are you liking it? It's delicious and it's very fragrant. I'm usually a chai latte girl, but I am enjoying this today. Excellent. I'm so glad. It's got like berries, rose and lavender. So it's got, we could even smell it when you open this yeah. and it's a pyramid bag and it was good. So I can't wait to get started um, to have our conversation with you. You are so awesome and I'm so appreciative <laughs> of you being here. You know, you're truly someone who's a community builder and I would love you to just take a moment before I laud you praises for you to just like, you know, talk about yourself. <laughs> That's what uh, my brothers try. My three brothers try and stop me from doing that regularly. But um, yeah, I'm Mary Margaret McMahon and it's so many M's you can blame my parents. So I do go by MM or triple M. It's a lot easier. And uh, yeah, I just, uh, well, I grew up in a small town, Collingwood. And where everyone seems to be going these days. And um, my parents were rarely home uh, because they were outside volunteering and helping to build up Collingwood and did many things um, amongst their regular jobs. And then my dad was mayor of Collingwood when I vowed I would never go into politics ever, never, ever. So never say never, never say never. Never say never. <laughs> and but. What I remember is they, they were dragging us out volunteering all the time. And my brothers and I went kicking uh, and screaming. And, but as the more we went, the more we realized how it benefited um, people and, and made Collingwood a better community. But um, the more you give, the happier you are. I realized that there's actually like a kind of a selfish reason for doing it because you feel good. And so that kind of mantra has um, guided me my whole life to give back. And so that's what I have done in, in Beaches East York when I moved to Toronto. And with my kids, I was a stay-at-home mom for about nine years and can't sit still. So we were out doing a million things at the school, at Glen Hill Public School, in the community, started Eastland Park Farmers Market and helped start um, DECA, Danforthese Community Association, tree groups, bike groups you name it. Um, we were involved and uh, my kids are <laughs> way far out in BC right now, probably hiding from their mom. So I can't give them their to-do list. Uh, but that's, you know, that's how I fell back into politics is I was thinking, well, why don't I keep um, that love for community going? And I ran for city council in 2010 and I ran on term limits. So in and out, keep Two my terms, <laughs> keep my faculties, get my life back in 2018 and, uh, and was really enjoying my life actually outside of politics and then got dragged back in. Um, I was very worried about uh, the state of the world. I'm a big environmentalist. So the climate emergency um, kind of propelled me back in. And um, so here I am, member of provincial parliament. Well, we're really lucky that you came back into politics and you bring with you the grassroots experience, the municipal level knowledge and working with multiple levels of government, right? And so I think that's wonderful for your constituents to know that they have such a fierce advocate in you. And you mentioned about being an environmentalist. 
And, you know, one of the things that you, I know that I wanted to talk to you about because you have actually done a lot of work around is Greenbelt. This is land that was set aside, right? Like, um, so that future generations could enjoy it. And now, right now, what we're hearing and experiencing is that swaths of Greenbelt lands are being opened up for development. And it impacts, you know, like people, we do have a housing, you know, affordability housing crisis in, in terms of a lot of people feel like they can't afford to buy a home and are like, what do we do? And we need more housing. Is this the right solution? Yeah. And definitely we're in a housing crisis and at the door, you know, I thought the number one thing I would hear at the door during the election was um, the climate emergency, but it actually, it was um, affordability and housing. And it's all kind of part and parcel. So, um, yeah, we're very worried where people are going, going to live. And it's, it's all across Ontario. Like Collingwood yeah. has um, difficulties with housing as well. And, and it's so even hard for not only people to buy homes, but people to rent uh, spaces to live yeah. in. So that's, that's you know, um, tragic. It's something we need to all be mindful of and to put collaboratively work together ASAP on that. We do not have to go into the green belt for that. There are plenty of other options. And that's what I'm saying. And many of my colleagues and many of the other party members are saying, not no, but not here. How about here? Kind of thing. So, um, you know, we can build up the avenues. You look right across at Gerard. Okay. Why is it just two stories? The yeah. same as I live up by the Danforth. Um, I think that's your neck of the woods, Tule. Yeah. And why on a subway corridor, it's two stories, four stories. I have 12 out by me at, on one site at Woodbine, but it should all be built up European style, you know, eight, 10 or higher stories. And so build up your avenues. You know, I was um, very involved with the laneway suites uh, housing policy. I spearheaded that with uh, Deputy Mayor Balao at the time. Yeah. So, you know, we were far behind other municipalities in uh, Canada on that. We had to call it laneway suites to get buy-in. We couldn't say housing, <laughs> laneway housing because people... Um, lost their minds over that. Like and how language makes such a big yeah, difference. Honestly, uh, the house behind the house concept really kind of freaked people out. But anyways, we got it passed in a short period of time. It's not the be all and end all, but it's one tool in the toolbox. Um, we need to be looking at home sharing as well. There are great programs in the city. You know, apparently I heard there was over 2 million empty bedrooms in Toronto. And you have a lot of seniors who want to age in place living alone and they're overhoused. I know I do in the beach and they're lonely. And so the home share programs are great because they have someone come and live with you, maybe a student looking for affordable housing who um, part of the programming is they do some chores with you. So maybe they help sh the seniors shovel the snow and they form good bonds, um, things like that. But we can be doing all kinds of things. We should be as a province, we should be looking in our own backyard at our own property on our own lands. Look at the LCBOs are mostly one story. Yeah. One story on main arterial roads is ridiculous in, in 2023 or any time. So build up all those. Lots of options, not the Greenbelt. The Greenbelt was created years and years ago for a specific purpose. It's to preserve our wetlands, our farmlands. It's, uh, um, you know, uh, source water protection. People don't even think about that. Um, and it's green space and, you know, uh, recreation. And we learned in, in COVID how much um, green spaces are 
how valuable they are for our mental health, spiritual health. So there's no need to go into the green belt whatsoever. Build it up, build housing ASAP. I'm 100% behind that. Build it elsewhere. Yeah, no, I, 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 I hear you and I agree. And I will say that, you know, on the flip side, what I've heard people who are supporters of the green belt say is that, well, you know what? Yes, it was for farmlands and it was to protect those things, but it was like one fell swoop that they just got lots and lots of parcels of land that they weren't judicious about what they selected and that we should release that what they're proposing is areas that wouldn't really impact the green belt. Yeah, so that's the other side. I've heard that rumor, rumor, and there were hundreds of environmental groups involved, experts, conservation authorities, which, you know, they have protected us against flooding. Um, flooding which is a big is thing. My private members, Bill, which I can talk to you about later, um, is, you know, the number one source of um, uh, climate, uh, or, sorry, public emergency in, in Ontario and the most costly uh, climate uh, change effect um, in Canada. So is flooding. We have extreme heat and fires, but flooding is the one. And it's $43,000 to clean out, clean up your basement from flooding. And you need to do it as soon as possible uh, because of the sewage. Um, So that's that's really important. And so conservation authorities have protected us over the years. And we know with nature-based infrastructure like the Greenbelt, that's protecting us from, from flooding. So it has all kinds of reasons uh, for it to be there. And it wasn't done just, you know, arbitrarily. The, yeah. On a napkin sketch. It was done um, thoughtfully with many experts and environmental groups and experts in that field. Like I'm not, um, you know, conservation authority expert, but while we rely on them. Yeah. No, and they're valuable and they, they have great flooding maps and they, they know what they're doing. Well, I appreciate you bringing up flooding because even in any home, Water is your enemy. I will attest to that. If your hot water tank floods, not that that just has happened. Yes, it has happened to me. It's an expensive um, remedy like to, to take care of it. But when we think about the fact that we're trying to protect, Ontario is, has such great agricultural land, great like um, soil, all of these things. To protect those lands to prevent flooding is a big thing. I remember when I worked at Municipal Affairs and Housing and there was flooding up in Thunder Bay. And I had to go and tour that site. It was really like you could see the homes and you could see like this is going to impact their quality of life, right? Because with flooding, you get mold and all of these type of things. And the environmental change has a cost. And sometimes people don't think about that cost until they've experienced it. But when I talk to people who are up north or in other parts of the um, country that can feel the temperate change like more closely, they're like, this is bad. Well, well, you know, there's a high cost in action and you pegged it. So BC's flooding costs about $9 billion. Um, Alberta's was $5 billion. And in Toronto, we've had flooding. And in, in Alber- Toronto, we've had flooding. Yes. And in um, Burlington, um, I think it was 2014, there was a lot of flooding and 3,300 homes flooded. And it was, a, um, I can't remember the price tag on that, but those 3,300 homes, 80% of those homes were outside of the flood risk area. So, you know, 80%. 80%. So people are thinking, and 
you know, I was one of those people, oh, I don't, you know, I don't live near a stream or a river. I'm safe. You know, I'm kind of up, up, up on a high but, you know, water up from the beach, you know, kind of thing. And that's not true. Anywhere it rains, you are at risk to flooding. Now, you know, we're in the wild, wonky world of weather called climate crises and anything can happen. So it's best to be prepared. And um, so that flood in Burlington, interestingly enough, apparently the mayor of Burlington at the time, his basement had five and a half feet of flood uh, water in it. Sorry, the mayor I of Burlington haven't. had five and a half feet of water in his basement and his neighbors was dry because his neighbor took advantage of these um, measures to um, prevent flooding, which is my private member's bill, like, you know, disconnect your downspouts, um, clear your grates outside, put in your sump pump and your backflow uh, valve and things like that. So, um, which are often subsidized by your municipality. So that's just kind of being prepared um, and who wouldn't want their residents to be prepared. Yeah, so do you want to talk a little bit about your bill? Sure. I, um, the ever lovely Steve Pakin had me on the agenda the other night to talk about it. It's Bill 56, Fewer Floods, Safer Ontario Act. And so it's basically emergency preparedness. And um, it's asking um, the government to create a flood awareness week, flooding awareness week, sorry, in um, the fourth week of March. Okay. And also to ramp up our websites to get more information out there. And it's education and awareness. And there's a, I should have brought it, a handy dandy funky uh, infographic that would um, tells you all the things to do for your basement and to, to help with your, your home. And um, that would go out. I'm asking it to go out uh, with your property tax bills so people get oh, uh, the great. hard copy. It's the fact uh, of the matter is that um, 60 percent of people who receive that information usually um, action two of those measures within six months. Wow. That's so powerful. and some of them are some of them cost a little more the sump pump and the back water valve. Um, but other, but some places there are subsidies for that. But other ones are quick and dirty and you can do them in a weekend. So, I mean, why wouldn't you want your residents prepared? Why wouldn't you want to divert hardship? And why wouldn't you want your residents to save money? It's a win-win for everyone. Costs nothing. It's pretty benign and it's helpful. And it saves money. I mean, like, yeah. like on so many levels, right? Yeah. Like, and I, I love it because you've always... You know, I'm not surprised that it's a great bill that you're putting through because you're always so pragmatic about how do we make things work and how do we make it effective, right? And I think that's really fantastic. And I'm working with, it's not, you know, it's not all my idea. It's INTAC, which is the Climate Adaptation Center at University of Waterloo. Yeah. The Insurance Bureau of Canada, Conservation Ontario, Toronto Region Conservation Authorities. Like those um, amazing groups are the experts in that field. And I'm just happy to support and promote and encourage um, all, all uh, my fellow members of provincial parliament to support it. That's really awesome. Now, okay. So, I mean, you're really engaged. You're really active. If people want to get in touch with you, like, I mean, you know, like I, I've spoken with different people and we talk about how do we get advocacy? How do we raise awareness? How do we, you know, as one little person, how do we fight the fight? And you're engaged and you're someone who has proven you were a stay-at-home mom and you got involved and engaged. What is something that you could share with everyday people about what can they do? What's within their scope of acting? Right. So, 
Um, and I, I read something the other day, the antidote to despair is action. And so, I mean, I was just, you know, I could never sit still. So I get an idea and I jump off my couch and I start doing it and I just grab people, <laughs> whether they want to be grabbed or not, and, and take them with, bring them with me um, to do things. But, um, you know, I would encourage people to join a group, write letters, like it all matters and it's all valuable. And right now with the Green Belt, they are hosting um, environmental defense and other groups. So many environmental groups are hosting rallies outside MPP's offices. We hosted a rally in um, yeah, uh, Eastland Park. We had about over 200 people out. We actually got a um, bunch of green material, which um, and we formed everyone tied it around their waist to have a green belt. And, oh, I love it. Because I like brilliant. to make things fun. You got to make, there's so many difficult things in the world right now. You you just got to still put the smile on your face and yeah. as best you can laugh and have fun and be with other people. And so there's a, a really great movement going on saving the green belt. And it's, I say man, woman, child, squirrel, uh, goldfish, everyone is involved. And I, my favorite sign was one that said, um, you've even got the um, introverts off the couch <laughs> for this. So just don't be shy. Everyone has a first time they're going out to something, but there are things you can do. We, we have a Green East group we formed in Beaches East York, just connecting people who want to help um, do things sustainably and, and help the planet. Sometimes we talk about the Green Belt Bill 2339. Last week, we talked about um, big trees of East York, Beaches East York and how to plot them and record them. And um, the next time we're going to talk about a great initiative in your um, uh, riding in the pocket, which is um, an energy, uh, uh, the pocket group is trying to get people um, off natural gas and uh, on just on full on electricity. So with their convection stoves versus natural gas, that kind of thing. So um, I think the federal government has something to help support that, yes, right? To help yeah. convert it. Yeah. There are lots of things going on. You know, you can look online or, you know, just see a poster somewhere or contact your MPP. Contact me. I'm happy to uh, connect you with the group. It's fun and um, it'll make your heart sore. No, 100%. I always like appreciate that because that's something that's really important. Um, and, and you always make everything fun and exciting. And I think that's why people love you, you know, and they know like you put... Not everyone. Like, <laughs> no, I mean, we can't please everyone, but I do think that your personality and your can-do attitude and like how do we bring everybody as many people together as possible for a common good that's positive is infectious and so one of the things I wanted well you gave me two quotes and so one of the things that I wanted to read out was and what I would love to talk about this is well-behaved women seldom make history right by Eleanor Roosevelt and then the other one that I super duper love um if you don't have a seat at the table bring a folded chair talk to me about these well, um, I think women especially sometimes feel they need to be invited. Um, they need to ask permission and they don't speak up. Some women. And I don't know. I, I grew up with three brothers. So I'm a scrapper by trade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, yeah, not only did I, I didn't need to bring a folding chair because I probably just plunked myself on the table, um, which is like maybe obnoxious to some people, but um yeah. So I'm always trying to encourage people. Yeah, you belong. And, you know, or if there's not a group out there for you, start a group. 
Um, and you can just need one other person or as Dave Meslin, who's one of my big heroes, big uh, city builder. He always would come to City Hall um, to depute or to meet councillors. And his, you know, he would just, he just says, if you have an idea, like the Lavender Tea Group, just make letterhead. <laughs> <laughs> make letterhead, yes. <laughs> and send it in to politicians. They're like, oh my gosh, this, this must be a big group. And it could just be the Lee Coop. Liku Lavender Tea Club, but who knows, right? So um, just, you know, if we all just do a little more, um, if, we, if we're able to, the world will be a kinder place. I totally hear you and agree with you on that. And it's just, it's really inspiring. I mean, because you've spoken to the piece about like, if you're one person, and even think about how Dave Meslin is, it's a communication 101 thing, everyone. <laughs> it is like create a letterhead and make it look, I am someone, own it, right? Yeah, like yeah. just be like, I'm going to claim this space and I'm going to do it. And I'm going to like reach out. And who are the movers and shakers? Who are the people who can help instigate change and start with your local counselors, start with your local MPP, your local MP. It's not that hard to get into the, um, send an email right? Like just Google that and, and at least start having a paper trail of like, I'm trying to reach out, give me a response. And, you know, even how you created DECA or the farmer's market, I went to it. I didn't even know that you created it. Mm -hmm. and, and then when I did, I was like, wow, that's so awesome because it is a testament of bringing like farmers, you know, into the city and then having a time to spend and even how like there's events and families could come and play in the outdoor area and how important it is to claim that space and to create space that people want to be in. And it was always, and it is always fun. I look forward to it when it opens up again. Yeah. I remember with DECA, we used to have our AGM in uh, our annual general meeting in um, Earl Haig Public School Library. And no one knew would come. We might get one new person. Oh my gosh, this is so depressing. We're not bringing in the community. How, what can we do? And I thought, we need to, again, semantics, we need to rebrand. So there was an amazing uh, bar restaurant in our neighborhood called Relish. And so I said, let's have it in Relish. And we'll call it the Community Cocktail Party. And so we had 125 people out. And I, I'm big on name tags. So it was your name and your street. So people could connect if they were shy and they didn't know each other. At least they had the icebreaker of your street. And then we duped them. We stood up on our chairs for 10 minutes to do the AGM. We're like, this actually is an AGM. We need you to vote and sign oh up for God. membership. And then go back and talk amongst yourselves and carouse. Yeah. So, you know, you just, again, you've got to make it fun and inviting and warm and welcoming. And you'll bring everyone on board. I love that. You're 100% infectious. <laughs> I hope in a good way. Absolutely. Oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, the pun on words. Absolutely. For sure. I mean, and, and I really, really appreciate that. Um, you know, in terms of like, you've just talked about grassroots advocacy, Greenbelt, environmentalism, how important it is and how to engage and get up and go. You know, is there any parting thoughts that you want to leave with folks? Um, well, I, I just think everyone has a talent and everyone has a skill set and everyone has something to bring to the table and um, don't be shy. As Gord Downey says, there's, uh, this isn't a, there's no dress rehearsal. So um, just shine your beautiful light. Get out there. I love it. I love it. Um, you know, one thing I wanted to ask you about was 
when in this climate that we're in right now with with people standing up for public office, it seems like there's a lot of apathy. Yeah. And it seems like people are like just disengaged, whether it's because COVID has really impacted people and they're just like just surviving. And so they've got very little bandwidth. I mean, and it's hard. People, you know, people want are picking their kids up from school. They're trying to get dinner on the table. They're trying to make ends meet. You know, everyone's struggling. Uh, we've had COVID. Um, healthcare workers, you know, um, kudos to them. They've done such a phenomenal yeah. work in trying to keep us safe always, but especially now. And, um, you know, educational workers, frontline workers, everyone, there's a lot going on. Um, so, and then the, the social media, you know, if you, you can get into the doom scrolling and whatnot. Yeah. And I just encourage people to just take a walk outside in nature. I used to live in Japan. There's thing Shinrin Yoku, which is forest bathing. And some doctors are doing nature prescriptions now. And just get outside. They're actually great people in the world. They're not all trolls on social media. And, um, and just know that you can make a difference. Every little bit helps. It does. And, and it can be good for your soul and good for the rest of the world. I love it. Triple M, triple threat. <laughs> I love it. Um, I think that's just so inspiring. So thank you very much. Thank you, Lee, for <laughs> having me on. It's um, an honor to be anywhere with you. Oh, same. Ditto. Love. <laughs>